0: It's Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. We discuss the news of Nunez versus Pena being scratched from UFC 265 due to a positive COVID test for Nunez. Also, reactions to my interview with Simone Biles' private coach, Amy Borman, we released yesterday, and whether it helped change some minds. It looks like um a uh, title fight. It was supposed to be Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena is not going to happen. The first thing we thought uh, was a tweet from Errol Hawani that said, per sources, Nunes forced to withdraw. They're hoping to reschedule the bantamweight title bout later this year. Now, it looks like the news we have seen since then is COVID. That's right. The champ, Amanda Nunes, tested positive for COVID. I have no idea what she's going through. I don't know what her symptoms are. I don't know if it's, you know, how she's doing and what's going on. Hopefully it was just a positive test. She's asymptomatic. Everything's fine. But we don't know as of right now. So that leaves Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gon for the interim heavyweight title that no one asked for as your main event and only title fight. We are left with a fight, once again, nobody asked for in terms of title you know, an interim title. Francis Ngannou is a champ. He's a top heavyweight in the world. He is number one, period, end of sentence, and that's it. Cyril Gon versus Derek Lewis. Hey, entertaining fight. I would love to see both of those guys scrap. I would like to see them as a co-main event to Amanda Nunes. Now, Amanda Nunes is gone. So here's the deal. I really think um, hardcores like myself, well, I have to watch it, but, you know, hardcores who have a choice, um, could have hung their hat on Amanda Nunes. Oh, man, it's a stupid championship fight. Da, da, da. Yeah, but Amanda Nunes is an all-time great. Did I think Pena had much of a chance against her? No, I did not. But still, you get to see the greatest of all time in terms of female mixed martial arts, and, and, and let's just be honest, pound for pound, mixed martial arts, period, uh, defend her title. And I don't think in a competitive match, but there's still that kind of like hardcore... Um, that hardcore hanger, you can kind of go, okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll watch for this and I won't feel as bad. Right. Cause I don't think anybody's, you could tune in to see Cyril Gunn versus Derek Lewis, but the other side of your brain is going to say, "Eh, this shouldn't be for a title. There's gonna be a bad taste in your mouth. Right. So you want that hardcore, that, that really relevant fight, that championship fight that you can kind of justify buying this pay-per-view Right? Because without it, we have Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gahn, right? Jose Aldo, another all time great, but on the back nine of his career versus Pedro Munoz. Sure, I'll take it. Michael Chiesa, Vicente Luque. Sure, I'll take it. Casey Kenny versus Yadong Song. Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill, a friend of the show. Rafael Fazia versus, uh, no, he's Rafael Fazia. No, it's Rafael Fazia versus Bobby Green. This is a fight night card, people. Straight up, it's a fight night card. It's a really solid fight night card. If this were for free, I'd, well, I watch them all, but I'd probably check it out if I were a fan. I'd go, hey, this is worth, you know, sitting on my couch. And this is not worth $70. It isn't. Um, I would say Michael Chiesa, Vicente Luque is my, like, go-to. I think the main event's going be entertaining, right? They're both hard-hitting heavyweights. But it, being for a title, it, let, let, let me bounce this off your heads. Kob, is your mind zen? I know the show just started, but is your mind zen and clear? Zen. Doesn't this fight? I know it's a leading question because I'm saying, doesn't this uh, the main event, Cyril Gane versus Derek Lewis? Isn't it? I don't know. Isn't it being for an interim title that no one feels is is justified? Doesn't it detract from the fight? Like I want to see it less. I find myself going, ugh. like I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it. If it weren't for a title, I'd be like, oh, this is a sweet co-main event. I'd be really excited about this fight. If it were a, a, a fight night main event, I'd be really excited about it. But just it being for an interim title and it being a visible symbol of Dana White kind of trying to screw Francis Ngannou makes it less appealing to me. Am I alone? Uh,
1: I mean, it does hurt it in a way because I think there's the, – You there's, do hear what people, I'm saying. The people get annoyed. Like It's a good fight. It's a great fight. But I guess you know, uh, in a way, uh, right. it's almost a good thing they put an interim belt on this because now they just lost, you know, the actual women's bantamweight title fight. But I always thought this card was a little bit weird in general because you had that weird interim title fight that we don't really need. It's a uh, rather than just no, have we don't great want, fight, not just we don't need it, yeah. we don't want it. Rather than just you know promote a great fight between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gan. Uh and then you also had this weird bantamweight uh, women's fight where. Yeah, it's it's someone Peña, I mean, uh, Nunes hasn't fought yet, but I mean, Peña hasn't really earned a title shot just yet, so... She's the next one up. Yeah, it was just a weird, it was a weird card in general, but I guess in a way, a good thing they put the interim belt because they were able to say, hey, we got one title fight still (laughs) on this card. Is that really for us, though? I don't
0: know. I mean, let's be like, okay, I'm stuck here because this is a bit of a conundrum. Because I'm a hardcore fan, I've been in the sport, Freaking forever, and shiny belts don't mean anything to me. They're not. I care about the fight itself. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. One of the reasons I don't consider it the greatest trilogy of all time is there's no belt on the line. There weren't a lot of stakes. Still, a very compelling fight that sold a ton of pay per views. It doesn't matter. It's Conor McGregor. Okay, so the fact that it wasn't for a title might hurt its legacy, but it doesn't hurt its visibility. It doesn't hurt its viability. It doesn't hurt its entertainment factor, right? So that's kind of the interesting thing to me is you're looking at a situation here where the belt is supposed to detract from the fact that is supposed to like detract from the fact that, 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 that it isn't necessary, right? That a belt will somehow detract that will 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 convince people to watch when they normally wouldn't. As you said, well, at least we have this title fight. That doesn't mean anything to me at all. I don't want to watch a fight more because there's some stupid title that is meaningless on the line. That doesn't mean anything to me. The fact that it's Cyril Gon versus Derek Lewis makes me want to watch it. But the fact that this title fight is kind of shoved down our throats makes it, once again, a little icky to me. It makes, I feel like I'm an accomplice or something. Like, you know, Dana White's trying to get leverage on Francis Ngannou, having this completely unnecessary title fight. And that was kind of the death of boxing partly was alphabet suit belts because it, they, they got this idea in their heads that if a title wasn't on the line, people wouldn't care. Well, now we have the WBC diamond belt and normal belt and regular belt and paper belt and plastic belt. And so they can put a belt on the line every time. So the winner of this fight is not the number one heavyweight in the world, period, end of sentence. So the fact that it's for a garbage interim belt that you, know, you can't wipe your ass with does that make you want to watch this more? Right. And the problem I have when I say there's a conundrum is most of you listening to me are hardcore fans who aren't really, I assume like me, kind of like they, they see it for what it is, but would a casual fan be roped in? Oh, there's a belt on the line. I'll definitely play 70 bucks for this. I don't know if that person exists. I don't Kelly help me help me. Does that person exist? Is there like, Oh, well, there's a shiny belt on the line. And you know, it seems to me either you're drawn in by Derek Lewis versus Sarah Ogon, or you're not. I don't know if there are many fans like, ah, I wouldn't pay 70, but there is a belt on the line. Does that really mean anything?
2: It, it, I'm sure there are fans that in general are like, oh, if a belt's on the line, they're going to tune in. But I don't think these are the two guys that are going to make those fans do that. Like, I don't think these are the two names that are going to be like, oh, there's a belt on the line between these two. Let me pay the $70 and tune in. They're not. I don't. I They're not big enough names for those who would just tune in casually.
0: And the people that would, the interesting thing to me is the people that would want a a brawl. They want a slugfest. They want 0 gun, knockout ability. Derek Lewis, knockout, my balls is hot, whatever. All the stuff he does is kind of entertaining, but he's entertaining with or without a belt. So it's almost like they put an interim title on two guys, on maybe the two guys it helps the least. You don't care about either one of these guys being... Oh my God! This is you know the most talented, most epic heavyweight in the world. You don't think that about either one of these guys. Not that they couldn't be champions, they could, but it's a fun fight. It's just you know two big ass heavyweights slugging slugging away. That's the kind of fight you don't need a heavyweight title on, and they made one for these guys. That's a slap in the face to Francis Ngannou, and it once again to me detracts from the fight. I don't want to watch it because I don't want to be an accomplice to Dana White screwing over a fight I like, a fighter I like, in Francis Ngannou. And I feel like if I watch and I buy the pay per view, I'm part of that. Does that make any sense at all?
2: No, it does. And I think for us, at least, we can see it for what it is, and that the driving motivation here was to slight Francis Ngannou. And I obviously I'm going to watch it anyway because I have to, but. The fact that it's for an interim title doesn't make me want to watch it anymore. Right. It's just there. And I know it's out of place because we did not need an interim title in this division. So it, it's just there for me. It doesn't make me like, oh, I want to watch it to see who's the interim champion. Because we all know we didn't need one. Yeah.
0: And so <sighs> um, what we can do with this. What we can do with this um, situation is take a step back and realize, or the way I feel about it is if I had a choice and I don't, but if I did, this would almost be like Amanda Nunes fighting would be my cover for watching this. you know what I'm saying? There is a legitimate champion in Amanda Nunes. There is a greatest of all time in Amanda Nunes. There is a relevancy in Amanda Nunes where I wouldn't feel as bad Watching it, okay, but I want to support Amanda Nunes. You know what I mean? But I'll take this meaningless title fight and a very entertaining scrap between two heavyweights. I'll take that with it. It's the jacket you leave at the guy's house so you can go back, right? It's it's like you gotta kind of have a reason to go back. Like I'm not calling you because I want to see you. I just left my jacket there. Then you can do what you want, Kelly. Do you get what I'm saying? It was Absolutely. like an excuse. It was like the Trojan horse for me to watch this fight. Right? Was Amanda Nunes' <laughs> belt defense?
2: exactly because i know we always right. joke it's really amanda nunez against a warm body like whoever's right. next up you obviously assume she's going to dominate who's whoever's in there but like you said she's the greatest women's fighter of all time maybe the greatest fighter of all time she is like the most legit champion you watch to see her greatness like you don't watch and you're like oh my god it's going to be a close fun you watch to see amanda nunez dominate and you want to do that so it's tough not having her on the card. It really sucks. Right.
0: It does. And, and it's like a prime Tyson fight. You don't watch Tyson to go, wow, what is it going to be no, like, how, wonder how long this is going to last. Right. It's a similar thing. And it's about the dominance of Amanda Nunes and it's about the shallow division, right? Like, well, I don't know who she's going to, who's going to fight after this? Anybody, anybody crickets? Yeah. I don't know either. No idea. I have no clue. And it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter if you go forty five. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Misha Tate at thirty five, probably. Okay, and the reason I talked about this a couple weeks ago after Misha Tate's fight was, you know, oh Misha Tate wants a couple more. She's not going to get a couple more. It's probably going to get one more, and then they're going to go look. The lion needs to be fed. The lioness leads needs meat. You're next. Now, not that Misha Tate can't win that fight. She can. It's just. She just chews through competition too quickly to have anybody else built up in the meantime. You know what I mean? That's always a problem with the champ. that's this dominant is the the competitors, the challengers don't have a lot of time to get their you know what together. They just don't. Ronda Rousey just chewed them up real. You got a couple wins, okay. Time to take on Rousey, Ronda Rousey, who fought for a minute and a half last time. Okay, so she's chewing them up before they really get their legs under them. It's a similar thing with the Man and Nunes. It's just okay. You're good. Get in there. And you don't have that time to let, like they, like we do at 55 and 35, these great divisions uh, in, the, in, in the men's divisions in the UFC, they fight a few contenders before they get there, right? There's time for all this to happen because there isn't one dominant champ mowing everybody down, okay? So so the next ch- the next challenger, you have a certain respect for them. That doesn't happen with the men and his opponents. It just doesn't happen. So I don't think Mishita is going to get a long time. Now, I don't see this thing selling at all. I really don't. And, and you know, it would have been low anyway. Like, it would have been low, right? This was, was not going to be, a you know, do Connor numbers anyway. But to then have this go wrong, that is kind of, like I said, as a hardcore, I could hang my hat on. I could hang my hat on, oh, well, you know, I would like to see the GOAT do her thing again. Okay, that's worth 70 bucks. I, I can't do that. I can't. Uh, I, I, and also, the fight. The 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 title fight, Gunn versus Derek Lewis, just gives me the ickies. It just like I don't I don't want to support that. I don't want to support what is clearly a shot at a champion and a good dude, who I think is kind of getting
1: screwed by all this.
0: MMA Today.
1: Chris Weidman joining us. This is breaking news. I'm actually getting another surgery. I just found out I'm getting another surgery. They're going to have to plate the fibula bone because it's, I guess, considered a non-union, so the bones aren't healing the way it's supposed to, which kind of sucks, but I'm a positive person to begin with. If I ever feel bad for myself, it's very easy to look at someone else who has it worse and realize you have nothing to complain about.
0: MMA Today, Tuesdays through Thursdays from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern, only on SiriusXM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, at a great interview, in my opinion, with Amy Borman, the former coach, personal coach of Simone Biles, about how you feel about the decision itself. The good news is hopefully somebody who really needs help gets it because of her decision, right? That's what you hope. That is the end result that is most important. Uh, I remember a statistic I heard. This is a while ago. I, I think it still holds true. I heard this statistic a while ago. I saw a documentary about it and this is a statistic spat out twice as many police officers kill themselves as die in the duty. two to one two to one because of what the mental hardships and seeing the things you see day in and day out that ain't easy at all so yeah i hope it it brings awareness to mental health uh KB, did she say anything that 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 changed your thoughts or changed your mind at all
1: uh, a little bit. Like, I was a person who was kind of sitting on the fence on this one, where right. I think just when you come up in sports, ever like this, those first couple cliches come to your mind, like, oh, she's letting the team down, she's doing this, and you got to fight that back a little bit. So I was kind of just waiting around to get a little bit more info. The thing that really turned me around that I wasn't really considering was Amy talking about how, like, dude, if your mind isn't in it and you're trying these moves, like – the The end result, if your brains, if you're not fully focused, is like catastrophic injury, like paralysis. The way it, yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. way it goes. So there's that, and even to that point of like, well, she's hurting the team. It's like, no, she would have been hurting the team if she stuck around. If she's not ready for it, like by stepping away, she's still giving them a chance to meddle. Like, and I've seen other people kind of claiming, like, I, I more tweets since we uh, since we talked about this yesterday, of people saying like, dude, the fact that she actually the move that she pulled where she kind of got lost the fact that she even landed without injury is just speaks to how good she is like everybody any other like normal run of the mill <laughs> olympic gymnast which is kind of a funny way to put it
0: probably yeah, run of the their, mill Olympian yeah, right <laughs> probably injures
1: their blows out their knee or something really bad when you get lost the way she did they're like it's just a, another. It just speaks to how good she is at the sport that she figured out and like found a way to land safely, considering how lost she got. So yeah, yeah. When you when you kind of bring it all together, it's like yeah, she probably did make the right move stepping away. So yeah, a- a- Amy, those couple points that's what really turned me around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, w- w- what got me
0: not turned me around? I was kind of on like like KB. Like I wasn't you know freaking out about this either way right? I mean, I don't know what it's like to be an Olympic gymnast. And also, you know, I certainly don't take anything personally against Simone Biles. I was disappointed. It's about it. Disappointing because I like Simone Biles. And I want to see her compete. And I'm an American. I want to see Americans win gold, right? So disappointing, but not the end of the world for me. So here's, a, a, we talked about this a bit yesterday. And I talked about it a little bit with Miss um, Borman. And it's one of those things where you go, when you say she had a mental health issue, She's way beyond. I was nervous because it's the Olympics because that's what we all think when we think, you know, it's a mental health thing and all stuff. We think, well, like the normal nerves an Olympian has, isn't she ready for that? Like, isn't she prepared for that kind of thing? You know, Coach Borman saying it is way beyond that. This is an Olympian who has been successful at the elite level for her entire career. The idea that she just suddenly choked because she's nervous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. This was way beyond the normal pressure in Olympian fields, because there's no way to translate that experience. When I say I'm nervous and you say you're nervous, are, are we the same level of nervous? I don't know. Okay. There's a uniformity to physical injuries. I break my leg and you break your leg. Socks all the way around. Right. I may be better at dealing with the pain than you, but I, you know, I know what a broken leg feels like and it sucks. Okay. Mental health is weird. I'm depressed. Well, how depressed? I'm nervous. How nervous? We don't know. And so her saying it's a nervousness or a mental health issue far beyond the normal nerves one experiences in an Olympic setting. And that says a lot. That was my question yesterday. Um, At what point did this happen? At what point did she feel that there was an issue? And you heard her response of I'm not her current coach. I don't know. I don't know when this crept up, when this became an issue. The problem when it becomes an issue that, of as you said, taking the spot from somebody else is if she felt this way at the trials, something's wrong, something's off, this this isn't good, and she went through the trials anyway, then you go, well, if you felt that way, why didn't you give somebody else your spot? If you won the trials and then felt something was wrong, why didn't you let somebody else get on the plane? If you felt that way when you got off the plane, why didn't somebody else take your spot? We don't know when this crept up. We have no idea. Only Simone Biles knows. And she might not know hundred percent. So that's the interesting thing is we just don't know where I'm, I, you know, Ms. Borman didn't know. Coach Borman was like, I I don't know. I wasn't there with her when this started or when she felt it, it may have been when she, you know, when she started the routine, she knew something was off and we don't know, we can't fill in those blanks. We can never know. And the one thing I will address, we can never know when this started, we can never know when this was in her head, we we can never know um, when she started dealing with the issues that ultimately led her to withdraw, all right? When that happened, and when she started, we don't know. But that idea of, you know, you can't criticize unless you've been there, the problem with mental health is we never know if we've been there or not. We don't know, number one. Number two, I do feel That someone who represents the United States in the Olympics, which she does. When you represent something beyond yourself, that means the people you are representing have a right to give their opinions and have a right to feel a certain way. Do they have the right to personally attack her? No, not at all. But the crowd, Ronda Rousey said, oh, you know, you're not in the Olympics. How would you know? Yeah, but, you know, she's representing my country and I'm part of the country. Every Olympian says, hey, I'm proud to represent the United States. It's great. Well, then the citizens of the United States who are being represented have a right to have an opinion on it, whether you agree with it or not. I definitely stand behind that. The thing that I found fascinating and interesting when I was talking to Coach Borman was when I said, you know, we're talking about nerves, because this isn't like normal nerves. She's already succeeded at this level. She's already the best in the world. She's already arguably one of the greatest of all time, period. So to say she lost her, I'm sure it's possible she did. But the idea that her will completely suddenly collapsed despite the level of success she had at this level, I find that hard to swallow. This was not somebody in their first rodeo. This wasn't somebody that we had a lot of, you know, we had a lot of hope in. She's supposed to be the next big thing, but she's untested, making their UFC debut, making their Olympic debut. We see this all the time, right? That step up is a problem, okay? But this is somebody who has already succeeded at this level, so that hypothesis of she suddenly lost her nerve, she suddenly went off a cliff, I, I'm sure it's possible. But she's been succeeding at the elite level for a long ass time, especially for this sport. So that those are the kind of suppositions that I don't know. I can't, you know, I, I just can't tell you, can't tell you. I don't know. Who was outspoken in terms of the MMA slash UFC community about this incident? Michael Bisping. Right. Uh, He had some tweets. Uh, He called Biles a quitter It said that she pulled out because she wasn't having a good day. That's pretty weak. Um, He also said this this lesson is this episode is not the lesson we teach our children. And that's understandable uh, that he thought that. But here is uh, the response from – I might mess her name up. Do you know how to pronounce the – Dominique Monsino? Uh,
1: Mochiano, I believe is how
0: you pronounce Mochiano. It. All right. Dominique Mociano. Uh, she was a gold medalist at part of the USA Olympic team in 1996. So this is what she said. I was 14 years old with a tr- uh, tibial stress fracture, left alone with no cervical spine exam after this fall, and showed her falling um, – Uh, during the olympics i competed in the olympic floor final minutes later simone biles decision demonstrates that we have a say in our own health a say i never felt as an olympian in our sport we essentially dive into a pool with no water when you lose your ability to find the ground which appears to be part of simone biles decision which is what they call the twisties apparently that's what uh amy borman referred to is that idea that she was in midair going i don't know exactly where i am Uh, a kind of stress disorientation where if you don't know what's going on, you're in the middle of a twist, you don't know exactly where the ground is. And that can lead to big problems. The consequences can be catastrophic. She made the right decision for the team and herself. So this was in response to Michael Bisping. And these, this is also, you know, when you talk about who has the right to criticize, who has the right to have an opinion, who has the right to say stuff. Um, there is an Olympian there who has been in that position, who has been in the situation and had her opinion about it. And somebody put just an Olympic gold medalist gymnast responding to Michael Bisping statements about Simone Biles, two tweets that give a perfect context on a sport that armchair critics don't understand, but still rant about to which she replied. Thank you for sharing this Anton. I've been a big fan of MMA and left hook Larry, and uh for years. I simply wanted to shed light on the layers of peril associated with our sport that most will never appreciate because gymnastics make it look easy. Thanks again. So part of the debate and part of the debate where we're, we're continually going to have is kind of who has the right to say stuff, who has the right to have an opinion. And, I would agree that, that, or my statement would be Bisping certainly has the right to his opinion. He does. He has a right to his opinion. I like right to disagree with him, but he has the right, to his opinion. I, I don't like the shutdown mentality of, well, you haven't been there. So how would you know? Well, number one, Bisping was a world-class athlete, different sport, but a world-class athlete. And then there's the idea. And, and I went back and forth about this yesterday, where if, you no, there are two levels. The first level is if you want us to get emotionally involved in sports, you want us to support athletes and you want us to support teams. And we have the right to have an opinion about those, teams, right? You can't have us be emotionally invested in sports and athletes without the ability to critique to a certain level, their performances, right? Um, if you don't want us to care, we won't care, but then we're not going to games. We're not buying the jerseys. We're not buying tickets. We're not doing that. You want all that stuff. What you don't want are criticisms. Well, you can't have it both ways. If you want us emotionally involved, you're going to get criticisms. And when I say to a level, I don't think anybody has the right to go after an athlete personally and insult them or degrade them. And I don't think anybody can do that under any stances. Right. Um, But you can't want emotional involvement in teams and athletes without the repercussions of them having an opinion when that athlete or that team doesn't perform so there's that also when it comes to the olympics every olympian says i'm really allowed to represent the united states well you're allowed to be critical of somebody representing you right if an athlete insulted somebody or was racist towards somebody i would say hey i don't like you representing the united states i don't like what you're doing representing my country and by extension me so there's that other level of the olympics where you're presenting your country, therefore your country has a right to have their opinion. Whether you agree with Michael Bisping or not, I'm not one of those people who says, oh, well, you know, what well, well, he know about it. He doesn't have the right to criticize. Well, you represent the country. Everybody in the country has the right to their opinion about you and how you are representing us. That's definitely the case to me, where I believe he does have the right to his opinion, whether you agree with him or not, right? Whether you agree with him or not. So this is something that's not going away anytime soon, Right? It, it it's one of those things where this speaks to a lot of things. And it's also happening, <laughs> let's let's not forget this, uh, it's happening in a sport that's had its share of criticisms over the last few years and its share of scandals over the last few years about girls in their early teens, in some cases much younger, they're starting off, you know, five, six years old in the sport, four or five toddlers as amy borman puts it and then go all the way to young adulthood you're usually considered shot by your mid-20s right it's over uh obviously sexual abuse scandals um bella caroli a famous coach known for you know had accusations she he's he's denied a lot of them but kept athletes from eating um athletes really putting them down talking about their weight talking about their bodies this is a sport that's had its share of difficulties about the pressures it puts on athletes anyway how much of a factor do you think that is KOB? that this is happening in gymnastics that hasn't had a good light shown on it in the past few years how it treats its athletes and now this is happening there this wasn't a swimmer stopping mid you know uh you know mid relay this is a gymnastics athlete where gymnastics has been criticized the last few years of taking advantage of the vulnerability of young girls so it's also a happening in a sport that has a lot of controversy. Does that affect things, Gilby?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you've you already put – add a lot of stress and a lot of trauma to, to girls who are always going, already going through a lot, training their asses off for, you know, <laughs> an event that happens every four years. So add in the trauma that they go through and everything like that, man. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world, gymnastics. Like it's just it, – elite-level gymnastics is a whole other animal, man. Did you watch Rick and Morty? I do not you watch, watch that cartoon. show. No, I do not.
0: There's a, <laughs> a great line where, where, like, the granddaughter is, is is like, pissed at her dad or whatever, and so she turns to her grandfather say, hey, let's go on an adventure. Let's do something. Hey, if you're you you're know if, if you're upset, I'll take advantage of it like any other gymnastics coach. Like, it, it, I'll take advantage of your vulnerability. Like, it's become a punchline. It's like a joke, right? Like, it's synonymous with taking advantage of and yelling at young girls, you know? So, also, happening in a sport that, that has a black eye anyway. So, I think there's going to be a lot of examination of gymnastics as a sport itself and what's it's putting athletes through unlocking the cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the Sirius XM podcast network the executive producer is Michael Russo the associate producer is Kelly Merck. sound design by Nuri Balin Andy King is director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.